Eric, can I play a song for you? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like nothing less or more. <laughs> I'd like I'd like it if you played the song. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I would like to serenade you uh, with this song I found. Okay. I, I fell down a hole uh, <laughs> learning about the Michigan Dog Man, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a Michigan cryptid. And uh, mm-hmm. so, in 1987, uh, a DJ named Steve Cook played this on the radio on uh, WTCM-FM in Traverse City, Michigan. It's called The Legend, and I'm going to play a little bit from it right now. Also out there, I, I'm, uh, I'm playing this from YouTube, which is including several little screenshots of... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm looking at here. <laughs> That's a dog man, baby. Uh, okay. okay. A cool summer morning in early June is when the legend began. At a nameless logging camp in Wexford County where the Manistee River ran. Eleven lumberjacks near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around. So you got your classic, your classic lumberjacks doing some lumbering, and oh man, there, there's a dog. There's a dog out there. Let's go, let's go frolic and chase it. You know, as lumberjacks do in Michigan when they find a dog. Till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick, poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. There's five minutes of that. <laughs> Little is this, here's here's my question. Is this ba- is this just a made up story that this DJ made up, or is this like a local tale? Eric, we will get all we I will answer all of this and more as we move into Brian and Eric don't belong here bark at the moon baby we're talking about the dog man I love it Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. My name is Brian, here as always with my handsome colleague, Eric. Eric, how are you? What's up, man? I'm so ready to learn about the difference between dog man, regular dog, a man, (laughs) a wolf man, and a wolf dog. I have also um, I have also spent some time trying to figure out the difference between those specific things, and I, I'm going to throw out there the results are inconclusive. <laughs> can I? T- can, I'd like to broach another subject. Yeah, please do. Which is first of all, so I recently got a haircut, and I feel like Looks great. the the bar. Thank you. I feel I usually have very bushy eyebrows, and I feel like the barber went a little too close on the brows, and I'm looking at, and I'm like. I'm uncomfortable by my own lack of eyebrow. Right? Interesting. And uh, you know, I will say, I didn't notice this before. They did go for the eyebrows a little. Your eyebrows look great, but they look They're a little tight. different. They're tight in. They're really tight to the face. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Can you go into a barber shop and just be like just the eyebrows? I think you could. I think you could. They're probably going to charge they're probably going to charge you 25. I don't know if that's maybe the fate now you're just the face shave price. Right, get the full haircut. Right. It really is. The eyebrows are the no man's land of the head. I would be mad if the eyebrows cost more than the face shave. Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. Uh, there's just two. <laughs> it. I was fully an adult uh, before uh, I realized that. Like, I have no idea how to trim up my beard. 
So I just mm. have my barber take care of it when I go get a haircut, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't. T- I yeah, literally yeah. don't touch it between haircuts. And then did you what used to? Ha- did you used to do it yourself, and it was bad? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and it was real bad. And it would be so. I, it would usually be like I'd give it my earnest try, and then it was like I guess the beard's got to go. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. What if you do nothing? If you don't trim a beard at all, um, it'll is just it cra- does it get crazy. Uh, so first off, well, I guess first off, uh, if you're growing a beard, some guys can just grow a beard, right? Like just leave them alone for like a week and they have a beard guys. For me, I got to kind of, if I let it go, it's going to be patchy. So I have to kind of like maintain, keep like trimming it down to the lowest point so that it all kind of comes in a little more evenly. I've never even thought about that. Yeah. I I asked a barber about it and he was like, yeah, you idiot. You (laughs) what dude, I literally, I'm, this is how stupid I am. I also just get very patchy facial hair. And I was like, Oh, that just means I can never grow facial hair. No. I'm just going to shave it down to the <laughs> down to the baby skin nub every <laughs> every day. It's don't get me wrong. There are also like it. It's just like it's not going to happen. But I think that's pretty rare. Um, yeah, no, yeah, talk yeah. to your barber. A barber will like be able to help wow. you out with that. Of like, yeah, no, just tell them I want to grow a beard. And like, the, okay, wow. cool. Well, we'll take this down, and then next time we'll take it down a little more. Um, I'm going to start showing up with the worst facial hair you've ever seen to this podcast every week. And uh, you're hopefully not going to have the heart to tell me. You're like, looks great, bud. Your barber's really, really steering you in the right direction. Really, really going well. <laughs> I do want to do this. Speaking of where I do want to do like the full like Wolfman, which I guess has been turned yeah. like co-opted by like Hugh Jackman and like Wolverine. So it would just look mm-hmm. like I was doing Wolverine. Um, yeah. I have another off-topic uh, question. How do you feel about pumpkin spice stuff? It's October. I think it's good. Back when I used to drink, I used to really like pumpkin beers. That's what I I'm doing like, right now. Yeah, how you liking it? I'm at that. Well, I'm at the point of like it is. Uh, we're recording this on uh, ten eleven twenty two, and like mm-hmm. so, I would say last week of September, I was like, it's pumpkin beer time. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah, now uh, it's. 10 11 and i'm like i gotta get these things out of my fridge <laughs> you know you don't like them too much too much well what, what i think what I, went, I just went too we hard on the, uh let's see the... this is uh southern tier which i think is a connecticut thing don't quote me on that mm-hmm. um southern tier and this is pumpkin the imperial pumpkin ale uh and they claim on the bottle it is pumpkin pie in a glass and it is pretty good um is it sweet is it like too sweet no it's like here's the thing i yeah, liked yeah. it i liked when i it came in a four pack and i had the other two last week i had two of them last week uh mm. and i really liked them and now i'm like i've been so i now i've had you know the pumpkin donuts and the uh sure <laughs> i've had several out. pieces of pie and now i'm like yeah i fucking get it <laughs> can i make a bold claim do it the pumpkin is just the watermelon of the cold times you know I don't see you know any. I, mean? I I I can't argue with that at all. I feel like the pumpkin is just the sexy watermelon's big freak orange cousin. <laughs> <laughs> just comes out again. <laughs> who, who is who is that? That's my cousin. Is a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sexy water. By the way, if we if we've established that as a watermelon, I'm a very sexy, <laughs> sexy fruit. The sexiest of the fruits. <laughs> sexiest melon is the water. <laughs> cantaloupe always a little plain kind of jealous <laughs> small very little just watermelon or go home uh, yeah, that's, that's right, right. <laughs> um that's how but so is <laughs> but so we've agreed the watermelon is the sexy one the pumpkin which is a gourd it's from the gourd side of the family gourds Different, and melons yeah, have to be rougher. related right they must be, right? They must be. Big big thing grows in a field? How how unrelated yeah, could they be? Bubble. A big vegetable <laughs> bubble. Fruit, vegetable, whatever. <laughs> but they're the backwater cousins, is the thing. <laughs> yeah, they're like from the wrong side of the tracks. Right. They're a little rougher and tougher. Right. Uh all their teeth is like you know, because jack o' lanterns, they always got like the one tooth in the mouth. That's yeah, that's they're the missing thing. that tooth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, I get. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of pumpkin, but I'm over it. I think it's a okay. It's pat. We did it already. Well, we we're did. a third of the way into the month. 
And it's um, the, uh, I'm glad I grabbed a couple of Halloween decorations from uh, my local family dollar on my corner. That's fun. And uh, I had to get them because I've learned over, I finally learned over a couple of years, um, you know, like first week of October, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really thinking about decorating or anything. And then yeah, yeah. by the time like the night of Halloween comes around, like, oh, carving a pumpkin would be a fun thing to do in my home. And then yeah, yeah. They're, they're done. The stores are just done. Yeah, they're <laughs> long gone. Long gone. It's full Christmas time now. Fuck Thanksgiving. It's like, yeah, We're it's in like Christmas trying time. Trying to buy a Christmas tree on Christmas. Eve, <laughs> I feel like. Right, right. It took me a couple of years to learn that. So finally, like last week, I was like, I got to get this stuff now. Here's a question Christmas has the pine tree, or December has the pine tree. Mm. Thanksgiving has the pumpkin. What's the vegetable of November? It's, um, yeah, I, it kind of just like, oh, fuck, we still got all these pumpkins. Yeah, let's make them into pies, I guess. Right, right. And then we got to, we, we all went, we all got really excited about the pumpkins. No, 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 you don't get a new one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a new thing. We, we have, we have decorative things at home. We have decorative vegetables at home. It's true. I guess that's right. <laughs> Interesting. How do you feel about Halloween in general? Are you like a, ho- a spooky Halloween guy? You know what's funny, man, that I'm realizing now that the whole world is remote and I like don't go into a place. Mm. I feel like so I, I didn't I took for granted how much of my Halloween feels I got from the workplace. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love Halloween. It's my favorite. It's great. Halloween. It's great. It's you know what's it's the best? It's maybe the best one. You know what's nice about it is like it's one that you can really just like you become an adult and you really can kind of make it your own. There's no yeah. um, there's no family obligation with it usually. Exactly. It's just I was going to say it's kind of the perfect. Ho- it's kind of that it it's great for it's the one holiday that's equally great for kids and adults. Yes. Yes. Um, my wife and I watch horror movies all month. Uh, we, we like make a theme like this year. We're just, we're, we're watching J horror movies. We're watching Japanese horror movies. Um, and that's our little Halloween movie theme. Um, and it's been a fun little tradition that we've been doing since we've been dating. Um, and, um, do you, and, do, do you switch up the lineup or you do the same movies every year? Well, no, we pick a new theme every year. Um, oh, gotcha. 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 So like next year might just be vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this year we're doing J horror, um, which has been fun because we both there. It's a blind spot for kind of both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know what we should do one year: werewolves or dogmen. <laughs> uh, but not this year. Not, but not this year. I'm back Certainly on. I'm back on the year. ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't sleep seven days. Won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, I finally watched. Yeah, it's like I said, fuck dog men. Uh, fuck fuck werewolves. Um finally watched uh the original Japanese The Ring. Um hadn't had never seen it. I've seen the American one several times, but I had never seen the original Japanese one. And uh gotta say, it was good. It was good, and I'm glad I watched it. I like the American one a little better. Interesting. I, I don't know if I have seen the Japanese one either. It's good. It is good. I would say it is worth watching, but I like some of the choices better in the American one. Are there like one. major differences? Um, script wise, uh, they are virtually the same. Okay. Um, it is beat for beat the same story, basically. Um, Interesting. But uh, there are some visual choices in in the Gore Verbinski version that I kind of like better. Oh man, I gotta watch that again. That movie fucked me up when it came out. It's a good movie. It's good. It's, it's good. Really it holds good. up. I don't know if it's yeah, still yeah, yeah. scary. Uh, like I'm so like diluted of like movies don't really scare me anymore. But it's good. It's a fun really, you adventure. Get enough, the horror movies they just don't do. They don't touch your brain. Not really. I won't say never. But when they okay. do, it's very special. Huh. Uh, it follows huh. really spooked me out. Mm. Um, Hereditary. Uh, I won't say scared me, but fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hereditary fucked me. Th- that scene. The scene yeah, with yeah. the younger sister. Yeah, it horrible. Affected yeah. me. Um, did you, what'd you think of Midsummer? 
Um, I think it's an interesting movie, and I'm glad I watched it. And I think Ari Aster is one of the more interesting filmmakers out right, like right now. And I will be following his career. Um, it it's a movie that I think has problems and um has elements of tastelessness that I think it's exciting to find the line. I think it's fun to play with the line. I do think he crossed it, and he maybe needs to come back a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there was enough. There's a scene in Midsummer. I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's a scene that is so, so viscerally violent that uh, I was so in like, I'm, I'm pretty adjusted to like normal levels of movie violence. Uh, this was so violent that I actually checked out of the movie and had to like only see it as special effects, you know, like it was too much for me. Yeah, I agree. No, there were there were parts where I was like, didn't need to do that. Right, 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 right. And I'm I'm all for I'm all for like an artist, you know, testing limits and like yeah. finding where the limit was. But like, oh yeah, no, there's a limit here for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Turns out I, like I do this. have a ceiling for this violence. <laughs> totally, totally. It felt kind of like a throwback to I feel like almost like 70s, 80s, like yeah. Wicker Man. It's very Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah have yeah. you seen the Wicker Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. movie. Classic. I've never seen the Nicolas Cage one sober, (laughs) Mm. but the Nicolas Cage one is very fun while you're high. Have you seen, oh my God, what is, what's that more recent Nicolas Cage one where he fights the demons? Oh, Mandy, Mandy. I need to give give that one another go. Everyone really, really liked it. I was kind of lukewarm on it. Um, I thought it was really fun. I saw it with two two buddies of mine who I go see horror movies with frequently, or I used to back before. In the before, before time. <laughs> in the before times, literally. Uh, and they were just like fun. You know, they're just like horror movie guys. Like they're not big like movie buffs. They right. just like to go see horror movies. And we saw it and they thought it was really fun. And we saw it at IFC and we were walking out. And this kid kind of like who was in the theater, like started tagging along with us and just like really like unpacking Mandy. And both my friends were like, <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> you saw cheddar goblin right like it's just like a fun stupid nicholas cage right, great right. move like it's great right um i yeah i wasn't that into it but i think i'm wrong and i think i need to give it another go you know because everyone liked it so much um that's the thing i think maybe also like i over it got overhyped in my brain of like, I was kind of. Yeah, expect- I think it's just a dumb Nicolas Cage movie right. that's also fun and has some weird, cool aesthetics. Like, right, it- and that was that was what was cool. And I, um, I will also throw out there, I was really baked <laughs> when I watched it. Uh, speaking yeah. of dumb uh, Nicolas Cage horror movies, uh, did you see Willy's Wonderland? No, it's a little bit of like a Five Nights at Freddy's thing, uh, but it's it's Nicolas Cage versus uh, living animatronic like Chuck E. Cheese, like in a Chuck E. Cheese uh, with oh, demonic fun. like Chuck E. Cheese puppets. Uh, but the gimmick that got me into and it's not a great movie. Um, it's okay. It's not great. But uh, Nicolas Cage is silent through the movie. He doesn't say a word of dialogue. <laughs> He's Rip? just. This, is there a? Do they give a reason or it just? He is just a silent drifter. There are other characters who speak in the movie. There are a lot. There are several. There are these teen characters, and they have all the dialogue. Nicholas Cage is this silent drifter who comes That's in incredible. and fucks up puppets. That's awesome. Um, it's fun. That part of it is very fun. I'm just looking. I'm looking at like stills right now of the different puppets. <laughs> it's it's a good late night watch. I wouldn't go out of your, out of your way, out of your way, but like there's a certain magic to that kind of movie, like after midnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eric, I'm gonna uh, say fuck it to transitions. Can I uh, can I read you something I found on Cora that I think is gonna get into uh, one of the big questions we have about the Dog Man? Yeah, please do. That's incredible. Uh, okay, so on Cora, I found uh, somebody. I can't find. Um, I can't find the person who asked, but they just simply asked, "What are the differences between a dog man and a werewolf?" Mm. Uh, now we have here Jeff Cox. Uh, Jeff Cox here uh, is listed as long-term researcher and student of the Bigfoot phenomena. Uh, and their their answer here is pretty simple. 
The difference is Dogman exists and werewolves do not. <laughs> uh, which I think is a great answer. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. So even the I'm team Dogman. <laughs> well, I wonder if here's the thing. If we're just getting into this, I wonder if dog dogmen are more docile and friendly than than werewolves or wolfmen. Mm. Mm, a good you know question. I mean? A good question. Like a dog versus wolf dichotomy. Right, right. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd rather jo- like run into a random dog in the woods than a wolf. Exactly. Wolf's You'd be happy ruin to see a random dog. Right. That might be that. That has a good chance of being an awesome encounter. Exactly. Wolf. 100%. Wolf. Those 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 odds change a little bit. <laughs> Could be bad. That's right. Well, I would in fact say probably bad. Best case scenario, the wolf's afraid of you. Right. How dangerous is a wolf? How dangerous is man. one single, like, if you just came across one single wolf. Does it like, even do anything, or they need the whole pack? Yeah, okay, okay. To, like, just to, just to really nail down this thought experiment here. One you, one wolf. You're in the woods, you are surprised by the wolf, the wolf is surprised by you. It's fully even ground, you're in the wolf's home turf. But, apart from that, even ground. I think the wolf just runs for it, right? It probably, yeah, it probably goes and gets the pack, and then they all kill me. I mean, yeah. But that 1v1, I think I'm okay. Do we, oh, so you have to just fight the, you're right. <laughs> I think in any circumstance, I don't know about, like, what would happen if The Rock had to fight a wolf. I think if you and yeah. I had to fight a wolf, even together, even two-on-one, we're dead. We're, we're <laughs> you, you know what's a sad thing that I always think about that they say? Is that you can kill a dog or a canine instantly, by like grabbing its forepaws and ripping them apart. Oh, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it's such a brutal yeah, image. Right. Makes uh, me, it hurts, it hurts me. Yeah, that. Uh, I typed into Google. How <laughs> I typed into Google just various. How dangerous is a wolf? <laughs> uh, and got? I have here. Uh, wolves in the wild usually do not pose a threat to humans. Wolves are very cautious animals that generally avoid contact with humans. To put it simply, they are just not interested in humans because they neither categorize as prey nor as uh, the word they have here is conspecifics. C O N specifics. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Never heard that. Uh, I'm gonna. Well, well, we're not that. That's good. We're not. We know we're not it. But I'm gonna Google that word real fast. Um, con conspecific is a member of the same species. So they don't think we're the same. They don't think we're prey. So they're like, hey, we're just, I'm just, hang, go- we're just a fellow wood bro. We're just, we're just f- hanging out with them. Fellow wood bro. Uh, getting back to Jeff Cox here. Okay, so even though my main subject of interest is Bigfoot, not the dog man, over the years I have read and heard many witnesses' accounts that describe them quite a bit. Dog men typically are described as follows, seven to nine feet tall on their hind feet while standing up, covered in hair and resembling a large wolf that stands up like a man. It is usually reported to have hands that are similar to ours, but with shorter, broader fingers. Their hind legs are shaped like a dog's, and their feet leave tracks that are sometimes described as being similar to a dog's, only larger and with a more triangular shape. Um, This response here by Jeff Cox is so fucking long, I will post it on the blog. (laughs) Um, So... Here's the thing about the dog. So the dog man is sort of like a local Michigan cryptid. And like some surrounding states have also claimed sightings. Uh, earlier in the show, I played uh, that uh, Steve Cook song uh, that he played. on. He was a disc jockey at a radio. He played that song. He has claimed, oh, that was just an April Fool's joke. I fully made that up. Uh, but. People would call into the radio station like, yo, I've seen that shit. Um, I don't think he made up the concept of the dog man, but all the stories in his song were just his April Fool's joke. Uh, but it, it has led to people calling in and um, there are, quote unquote, a lot of sightings of the dog man in Michigan. Um there is a full, or, and it's not Michigan specific. There is a full Dogman Encounters podcast that is just dedicated to people who have seen the Dogman. 
I just hope the dog man for I have a couple things to say. I hope the dog man is just a bear. I hope it's just people. That's seeing almost a bear. definitely what it is, right? <laughs> like a bear. Here's a fun thing: bears are actually kind of closely related to dogs, hmm. which makes sense if you ever like look at their face and their snout and everything. Right, kind of right. got a dog head. If only, if only um, there was an animal with kind of a dog with dog-like features that you know can stand up. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, that was and, also and in the Michigan woodland exactly. area, Se- seven to nine feet tall. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Nope, must but be a dog the, man. Here's the better theory that this DJ with the magic of song has summoned some kind of Tulpa situation. That is the world. power of rock and roll, as we all know. Yeah, you can summon mythological you can invent and summon mythological beings with your tunes. I mean, that is that's the worst X-Men power, but <laughs> Yeah. Or the best. Or the best. Or the best one. If you could just make a monster, if right. your X-Men powers, you can summon a monster. That's pretty good. That's the one I actually, that's the theory I'm choosing to believe. Um, so I have here, um, I have an article from our OurMidland.com. This is the Midland Daily News. I assume this is local Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I haven't read this yet. I just uh, have the headline, which is Michigan trucker believes he encountered shot the dog man. This is from, this is very recent. This is from October, oh, October 5th, 2022. Um, so I'm just going to read it. Let's see where we end up. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Tis the season. Uh, this article is by uh, Angela Mulka. She's a staff writer at the Midland Daily News. Uh, Tis the season of the eerie and the unexplained. The legends and other shared tales told around campfires passed down from generation to generation to inspire terror or to warn others of malevolent creatures that may live among us. One Michigan truck driver traveling through Manistee National Forest five years ago had an experience with a creature at the heart of one of the state's most popular ur- urban legends, the Michigan Dogman, and it changed his life forever. Trucker Joe Barger, 59, recently recounted his story to the host of the YouTube channel What Lurks Beneath, which tells the story about the mysterious and supernatural with uh, 342,000 subscribers. Gonna throw out there, Eric. We don't have 342,000 subscribers. Do we have 342? I think we have about 64 on YouTube. That's great. That's a that's a multiple that's of about, that number. That's about the same. That's we're in double digits. Here's our weekly shout out to K Sammy Bop. Oh, every time. Give it the a live in the comments. Thanks, bud. The most loyal listener we've ever seen. <laughs> um uh uh, the video featuring Barger's interview was posted on the channel on September 12th, 2022, and has close to 150,000 views. Shout out to the 20 people who have... <laughs> uh, I don't know. We average from 12 to 20. We're doing great, Eric. We're doing great. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, okay. Good. Even if you don't believe what I'm saying is truthful, it might be something you can draw on in the future in case you ever do have an experience with the dog man, which is an advantage that I never had. You know, he brings up a good point here. Even if you're never going to encounter a crazy cryptid, fucking be ready for it. Just be ready for it. You never know. Yeah, every time. Scout's always prepared. That's right. Um... Okay. Uh, he explained he thinks it's important for Michigan residents to be aware of what he saw, which was, if this is true, a bear. <laughs> Great. Uh, Barger, a six-year Army veteran, was transporting 43 a 43,000-pound load of paper from a mill in northern Michigan through the forest on his typical route when he encountered the dogman on an evening in June. He said he had never heard of the cryptid before the incident, which took place within 15 to 20 seconds at most. So, bear. Uh, I would yeah. swear, on the as a Christian on the Bible, this is all 100% factual truth, Barger said in the video. Uh, leading up to the encounter, Barger realized while driving he had an air leak. Wanting to fix it before he got too far into the forest, he stopped to look at it. He found the air leak uh, by the back brake chamber on the trailer. Uh, 
With the materials to fix it, Barger positioned himself underneath the trailer and began to get a bad feeling. Ooh. Ooh. I feel like changing a tire and the entrance to a spooky woods. No, thank you. Don't you don't want that. No, yeah, thank nah, you. Yeah, no, you don't want that. Straight of the car. You just start running back to the nearest town. You just abandon the vehicle <laughs> and your family. Just, I'm abandoning 43,000 pounds of paper. No, thank you. Yeah, don't need it. <laughs> Little known fact, Eric and I were once truckers together, and we have abandoned 43,000 pounds of cargo because too spooky, too dark. Yeah, you don't need that. We That's saw... Fine. They don't pay me for that. We saw a hitchhiker and just went, nope, and we ran. Can I say, I think we'd be good. We'd be a good trucker duo. That's the thing. There needs to be more. Trucker, you know how like cops always have partners? Truckers need partners. They actually should. Then you could drive all night. Right? Never stop driving. Two guys why don't they car? do that? Actually, Million why don't they do that? Company idea. Yeah, what? Why don't you just put two guys in the car? Yeah, one man sleeping, the other man driving. Sleep, drive, sleep, drive, sleep, drive. It's go. paying two guys to do it has to be worth has to already never, like literally never stop one crash not happening has to pay for itself has to pay the year's uh, salary of another guy right a hundred percent but then how many more crashes happen because of because of trucker pal bickering a great that probably shoots way up a great point like just arguing about the audiobook you're gonna listen to like god damn exactly. it we're not doing harry potter again <laughs> Come on! Yeah. It's the prisoner of Azkaban. It's the best one. one, That's the one caveat. You both have to listen to the same thing. You can only use the trucker stereos, the truck stereo system. You can't use headphones. Right. No no. private audio. That would be dangerous. You can't do that. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. Too dangerous for private audio. (laughs) Uh, um, okay, so Barger is positioned underneath the trailer and begins to get a bad feeling. I was hearing a vocalization that wasn't natural, Barger said in the video. It wasn't a sound I had ever heard before. I was looking around and I saw some shadowing in the wood line, but there was plenty of light to see. It was nowhere near getting dark yet. Oh, it's in the middle of the day? Fuck you. Yeah, change your tire. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Uh, I was in bear country, so I perceived the shadowing to be a black bear at the time. All right, he's he's addressed our black, or he's addressed our bear problem. Okay. Uh, when he realized he could be near a black bear, Barger got back into the truck and checked out the air, which was good to go. It held and took me not even five minutes to fix. Barger said in the video. The woods continued giving Barger a bad feeling, but he thought everything was normal until he started driving again. He checked his driver's side mirror for any traffic on the two-lane road at the bottom of a hill. There was no traffic. As he started going up the hill and looked in his right side mirror, he saw it was darker than it should be. There was a wolf head the size of my window, and the my windows were down, Barger said in the video. He was trotting along next to me, and I was going about 20 to 25 miles per hour at that point. That's pretty good. And he, he was stooping down low on two legs, looking down inside of my cabin. I'm at nine feet tall in my seat. His hands were coming up and scratching my windowsill. On my door handle, I could hear his claws. Time you slipped. think maybe he just wanted to be in the car, riding in the car, sticking his head out of the window like a dog? <laughs> you need a buddy, man. The buddy system. He's you just there to fix the buddy system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, time slowed down, Barger continued in the video. I thought I was in like an alternate reality or something because a creature like this doesn't exist in a reality I've ever known of, Barger continued in the video. I have heard of Bigfoot and I know this to be something that is talked about. This was a whole different thing altogether. Bigfoot has nothing on the dog man, according to Barger. It has a lot of sharp teeth, and the teeth on this thing were like brilliant white, Barger said in the video. Three inch long fangs, bottom and top. 
pure black pointed ears. It had yellow eyes with human-like hands probably 14 inches across. It was at least 10 feet from uh, how it was stooping into my cabin. His yellow eyes were darting all over the place and looking at me. How this creature looked was mad and determined to get to me, Barger continued in the video. He was sneering. He wasn't even making any noises vocally, but the looks he was giving me and the intelligence in his eyes was telling me I'm here to get you, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's assuming a lot there. He's assuming a whole, I mean, I'm saying he said this was like a 15 to 20 second encounter. <laughs> that's a lot of information you took from one one look. I mean, hey, that's dog man for you, baby. That's not very communicative, very expressive <laughs> snarls and growling. <laughs> Um, where do you hang on where do you fall in the dogman v bigfoot dichotomy um i i think um i mean who what i guess what's the question here do i do i think which one do i think is more likely to be real which one do i think would win in a fight open-ended i'm not gonna repeat it (laughs) just dogman v bigfoot go um you know what you know what i like an under an underdog so you know what? Why not dog man? Why not dog? Go, dog, go dog man. Under dog man. That's another T-shirt idea, right in there. <laughs> under dog man. <laughs> we're we're not we're an underdog podcast, Eric. We're an underdog man podcast. That's right. That's a whole different category. <laughs> it's a whole different thing because people aren't even sure if we exist. That's the exactly. <laughs> that's the categorical difference. It's- an underdog, you know he's there, he's real, he's just worse, maybe, but he's got a shot. Underdog man, is it have you even heard of this thing? Is it why real? Does, why does a dog man <laughs> with sightings and his uh, several podcasts and YouTube channels dedicated to him get to be a yeah. cryptid and we're just assholes? <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah, we don't even exist in the minds of ninety nine point nine nine nine. We are more obscure than the dog man. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. If we could get a dog man on the show, that'd be a huge gift. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> thank God we stopped trying. Remember when we were trying? What were we thinking? That was, our, that was truly our biggest mistake. <laughs> and gotta say, the show wasn't better than this. No, absolutely not. Arguably worse. Arguably frankly. worse. <laughs> Arguably worse. <laughs> um, Oh, oh shit, I just read the next sentence, and this is where it gets good. Talk to me. I can't wait for you to read what's about to happen in this 15 uh, to 20 second encounter with the dog man, Eric. I love, I love this. That is when he remembered his handgun. <laughs> I feel like you gotta keep that one top of mind. Yeah, right? Uh, Barger pulled out his 45 Colt uh, strapped to his waist and took two shots at the creature. <laughs> this... Hell yeah. Uh, he instantly went down, Barger said. I was looking at this, him. I'd like to, I'm saying right now, this man just killed a bearded cyclist. <laughs> Damn hippie deserved it. Just shot him right in the face. <laughs> I'm awkwardly taking off my jacket. And it was yeah, it's, to- getting, it's getting a little steamy. In here. It's getting a little uh, thinking about dogmen and guns. Um, okay. He instantly went down, Barger said. I was looking at him, and he was sliding into the weeds. I was, uh, at almost point-blank range, so I'm pretty sure I got him through the eye orbit. His head was huge. Everything on this animal was black except his teeth and, and his eyes. I wasn't really panicked, but it's the scaredest I've ever been in my life. All right, bud. <laughs> Is scared? Can we say scaredest? It would the correct. It would be most, most scared. scared. Most scared. Scaredest. But you know, we all. You know, sometimes when we're just talking, we just put words together. I get it. Sure, I know. I do. <laughs> um, Barger, assuming the creature to be dead, wanted to turn around and check on the carnage to make sure he didn't quote unquote lose his mind. About a mile up the road, he found a spot large enough to turn his truck around in. I wanted to make sure I killed it, he said in the video. I wanted to know more about what just occurred. Yeah, kill that dog. <laughs> As Barger was coming back down the hill at uh, most five minutes after the shooting, it was gone. 
In its place was a jeep and two people. Barger said he was concerned about people being somewhere potentially dangerous, so he stopped to talk of uh, talk to them. Mm. Uh, they gave me a story that they were watching a few bears fighting each other. I was worried about them being outside with what had just happened, but I didn't want to let them know what I had just done, so I left. Who is this guy? This is, this is Barger, baby. <laughs> What's this guy's deal? <laughs> I feel like this guy's got a whole deal. And I want to know. He's it. got a. He's worried about the the bears. He's worried about the people watching the bears fighting, knowing that he shot a dog man. Oh my god. Um, Barger thinks because the other people claim to have seen two bears, that there may that maybe there could be more dog men in the area besides the one he shot. Um, I was really in shock for a good while. Barger said in the video. I was still driving the truck, and I didn't even know how I got back. I should have been driving the truck. I shouldn't have been driving the truck in this state of mind, but I wasn't going to stay around or park anywhere near there. It was the most terrifying thing I could think anybody could go through, worse than even any combat situation, because at least you know what you're dealing with there. Barger had nightmares for six months to a year on and off. Well, do we have a year? Do we have a year on this story? Uh, this so this article this this article is from uh, October fifth, twenty twenty two. The video uh, that he spoke in is from September twenty twenty two, and he says that that was about this encounter happened about five years ago. So we were fully in cell the age of cell phones. Fully, fully. This was this was reasonably recent. He's got every ability to call the police and yeah. say, hey, I just killed something. Yeah. I killed a humanoid entity. Could do that. You could which, do that. Which the not. dog man did conveniently run away into the bushes. <laughs> um, he, didn't see, he didn't see a corpse is the thing. You never do. You never do find a corpse. You never do. Um. Okay, uh, Barger had uh, nightmares for six months to a year on and off. The nightmares got less prevalent as time went on, and he doesn't deal with them anymore. I'm in a lot better shape now, and I thought it was important to get this information out. That's why my story is out now. It just took me this long to get right with the people that I want to ha- that I know have my back. What does that mean? Um, yeah. Oh, here's where it gets good. Oh, here's where it gets good, buddy. Additionally, Barger claims the federal government is keeping the existence of the dog man quiet. (laughs) See, to me, that makes sense, though. There we go. He shot this thing twice in the face. It just disappears. I smell cover up. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of FBI, FBI, CIA involved. That doesn't just happen. You shoot anything in the face twice, it's going to go down. Wait, what? Oh my god, get rid of that. Get, uh, after I got better from the nightmares, I had a family member tell me I should get this out to the public, Barger said in the video. So I talked to one podcaster that is popular in the cryptid space, and I didn't want to be out there publicly, so he took notes and narrated my story about four years ago. Three months later, Barger said he was detained at a quote-unquote scale house by state police to wait for federal authorities. Uh, so I just want to confirm, a scale house is where they weigh the truck, presumably, right? Oh, that makes sense. I was wondering what that was. Um, that makes sense. Okay, so they're saying, so he's saying here, they were like, yo, you got to stay at the scale house. <laughs> yeah, he goes to weigh in, he's on a route, and then right. the, the federalities are waiting there for him. Because <laughs> he knows about the dog it's man. It's a trap. Yeah, he knows way too much about the dog man and or he's a serial killer. Eric, we can never go to a, we can never weigh anything at a scale. This is why we can't be truckers. Exactly. Because the federal yeah, government yeah. will know that we know too much. I wouldn't wait. If I was a trucker, I'd never stop at a scale house. I would just cruise right on through. <laughs> what are they going to do? Yeah, what are they, I'm not stopping at the scale house. They can't stop me. <laughs> um, when, when the federal authorities first showed up, they were very intimidating and angry, he said in the video. I didn't know what was going on. Hmm. Eric? Hmm. Now I'm worried we're dealing with a mentally ill man. <laughs> Every time. 
Is it, it always, why is that so it seemed to be the best ones always end up we always, always end up here we always yeah, end up here i get so excited let me ask you this question someone someone emails us gets in touch with us they've got some kind of dog man story they just want to tell us and we write it down and narrate it we're open for that kind of business absolutely right? i feel yeah, free to because let me tell you let me tell you no federal authorities will listen to this podcast uh, never never you probably get fired if you do yes Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning here because we're we're getting into this. Uh, When they, the federal authorities, first showed up, they were very intimidating and angry, he said in the video. I didn't know what was going on. They said, quote, you killed one of our assets and this is how things are going to go down. (laughs) Barger knew the only thing he killed in the last year was the creature. This was their property, and they were mad that I killed it. And they were trying to get me to stop talking about it. They probably knew who I was from the narration story. In the video, Barger said that the federal authorities threatened him, confiscated his gun, and shut his bank account off for some time. I stopped talking about it until recently, he said. This is probably another tool in their toolbox for military operations of some kind. If they don't keep it under wraps, it won't be a useful tool for them anymore. The Dogman has been on the minds of Michiganders for the last 130 years, starting in 1887. That's when two lumberjacks saw a creature they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. According to the legend, the dogman appears to humans in 10-year cycles that fall on years ending in the number 7, according to the Michigan History Center. Barger's encounter happened in 2017. I mean, you can't even. That's too much of a coincidence to deny. <laughs> This is evidence right here. Yeah, We're breaking no this dogman story. Let me hang on. Let me ask you that. Let me ask you this. Why Michigan? Why Michigan? Why is it ju- why are the Michiganders plagued by the dogman? I will say dogman. I will say while while it's maybe the stories are popular in Michigan cuz that's probably where they originated from. Um there are several in like my bare minimum googling of uh dogman encounter podcasts. A lot of European dogmen nationwide a lot of dogmen. When we went to uh, Paracon this last summer, uh, there was a uh, gentleman who runs a Connecticut cryptid exploration uh, center. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this gentleman, yeah, uh, yeah. but he Couldn't spoke. He spoke about a dogman in Meriden, Connecticut, and I'm going to throw out there. I don't know if we can just steal Michigan's thing <laughs> and just say, "Oh, yeah, they have." Yeah, we can't just have a Connecticut dogman. No, no, no. What? No, you can't just be like, oh, oh, we have a dog man too. Though here's a, here's a, here's a question. Here's a serious question for you. I wonder if there's different breeds in sort of different areas. Mm. You know, the what Australian I mean? Shepherd dog man. Exactly, the bulldog man, <laughs> the the Shih Tzu dog man, the Chihuahua dog man, which is like it's the smallest, but man, it'll fuck you up. It's just a Chihuahua. Yeah. Oh, man, oh, man. Man, oh, man, dude. Man, oh, dog, man. <laughs> That's another t-shirt. Man, oh, dog, man. Hell yeah. I think we kind of, I think we kind of got to the bottom of this mystery. I, <laughs> dog, man, real. Federal government deeply involved. I that's that's uh what makes sense to me. <laughs> I'd like to explore though how does how does the federal government utilize a dogman asset? Right, like what's the point if it's just going to chase truckers in the woods? I hope they have it just go undercover with regular dogs. Like the play is that it insinuates itself oh, as I the see. adorable pet of a target. I see. So it has the intelligence of a man, but can, but can pass as a dog, but not really. I gotta throw it there. No, I'm sorry to take it off the train of like military involvement, but I find it interesting. People, I, uh, this article from OurMidland.com, which don't get me wrong, this article is a fun local news Halloween story. Sure. Um, uh, but they talk about uh, uh, that 
oh, the origins are from Lumberjacks in Michigan seeing uh, seeing the Dogman in 1887. 1887 is the year we keep seeing as, oh, that's how far sightings, of, so reports of sightings of the Dogman go back. Mm. But the mention of that, of the 1887 Dogman, is in that 1987 Steve Cook song that he says he just made up. So why Michigan? Probably because Steve Cook, a radio DJ, made it up in Michigan. <laughs> um, his yeah, but why did Steve Cook like th- even think about it? Uh, I don't like. I was thinking maybe it was already a story, but like, I, yeah. Now I'm thinking. Maybe, so here's his quote. Um, on Skeptoid.com, uh, I made it up completely from my own imagination as an April Fool's prank for the radio and stumbled my way into a legend that goes all the way back to Native American times. Mm. So I guess this also ties into, like, we've talked a little bit about um, Skinwalker stuff, which is a bit of a Native American legend. Yeah. Um, and I, I did wonder, uh, I in looking out like werewolves, I was wondering how much of that was just another thing the white man stole from Native Americans, you know? Like, mm-hmm. is was that their thing that we were just like, now we have a movie with Lon Chaney and it's ours? I um, do think, I do feel like there, there were European legends of the wolf man. That's, um, I, of the werewolf. On the Wikipedia. But I could be making that up. Um, on the Wikipedia <laughs> dusty old tome that I pulled off the shelves about <laughs> werewolfology, um, I have here in folklore a werewolf or occasionally lycanthrope is a human with the ability to shape. Uh, blah 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 blah. Um, early sources for this belief in this ability or affliction. Um, fuck. Uh, widespread concept in European folklore existing in many variants which are related by a common development of Christian interpretation of underlying European folklore developed through the medieval period. Um, mm. interesting. interesting. There's actually a great, speaking of movies, there's a great I think it's called Le Loop or something. It's like a French horror movie about a werewolf. And I don't the, think I've heard of like that. like squad that needs to go hunt it down. And it's based on an actual thing of like there were serious wolf problems back in the sure. like wolves used to go eat children like sure. literally in a village right uh, <laughs> easy pickings yeah they're right there uh, funny um you want to hear it was so I was talking about the um the Connecticut dog man uh the yeah. Connecticut dog man uh would you like to before we get out of here. Uh, would you like to hear about uh, our some of our favorite subjects to talk about this show on this show? Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren in Monroe, Connecticut dealt with a werewolf. <laughs> you know I would. I'm sure. Of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. My, they have a book called Where that's just titled Werewolf. Um, and my guess would be, I don't know the exact dating on this. My My guess would be that I think we're on the later end of like the Warren's career. And we are a little bit like, fuck it. Let's try a werewolf. Mm. <laughs> they aren't going yeah, for the go- werewolf. <laughs> let's there. throw a fucking werewolf in there. Um, I feel like if you're on that career trajectory and we'll do the least charitable interpretation where you're just like making stuff up mm-hmm. at a certain point, you gotta go through all of the classic monsters, right? Let's you do demons, you do ghosts. Okay, let's do a vampire, let's do a werewolf, let's do them all. I wonder <laughs> they didn't get to a Frankenstein. That or a no. creature from the Black no. Lagoon. They but they would have. have. They might have. They could have. Long enough time frame. Tony, there's know. still time. Tony. That's right. Tony. That's right. Tony, if you're listening, we know you're listening. <laughs> Tony, Tony Sparrow, we know you're listening. We would love to help you hunt a Frankenstein. Anytime. There's got to be at least one out there lumbering about. I um this hasn't w- this hasn't gotten out there yet. I have not put it on the uh show yet. Uh when we were at Paracon. So we so an early early like obsession of our show has been Tony Spera, uh the the Warren's um son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, he's sort of taken over the family business a little bit. 
Uh, and he's one of my favorite people in the world. And I wanted to celebrate him at Paracon by putting a framed photo of him on our, uh, on our table, on our booth, with like some roses. Because he's, he's the patron saint of our podcast. He's an Italian-American ghost-busting hero. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Tony Sparrow was going to be at the con. <laughs> he was super there. We saw, we saw was, him with our own eyes. He was super there. Uh, and we, Eric, we decided that we were not going to go introduce ourselves. We were going to wait for him to come to us. Didn't cut. Didn't happen. So we have this fucking, we have this picture and he's coming down the alleyway, right? Uh, like in between some tables. And he is like bestow, uh, he's like a little king just bestowing favor on tables at Paracon. Just, and everyone's bowing in reverence to the man. And I was too. I was too from afar. He's, he's the man. Um, uh, but uh, it's he comes to a like little junction, and uh, if he turned to the left, he'd come to us. Uh, but or he could go right and kind of sort of deeper into the convention. And uh, I swear to God, he looks at our table. His eyes pass by our table. I I feel like I make eye contact with him, mm. and then he just turns to the right and he's off in the sea of people. And that's the last time like I saw him at Paracon. Like a dog, man, he just disappears into the <laughs> mist of the world. One day we'll get Tony on this show. <laughs> One day. One I day. think, yeah, I, come on. <laughs> we were at Paracon. We know the drill. Come on. Like, we wait, know the drill. We know the drill. I love how we've created this completely artificial barrier. Yes. To ever having Tony Sparrow on the show. It seems like the way to get Tony Sparrow on the show is just ask Tony Sparrow to be on the yeah, show. Shoot him but I don't, I don't think we're ready to try that yet. Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> Couldn't happen. Impossible. <laughs> um, so uh, I have here uh, the South End Werewolf. This is just a, a little blurb, a paragraph um, from TravelChannel.com, and it's the seven most famous cases investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um the um this this werewolf case is uh, uh alluded to in the uh, Conjuring Universe movie Annabelle Comes Home uh which is a lot of fun. Not a great movie, but a fun movie. Um and it's there's a brief reference to this werewolf. Uh but okay, reading directly from travelchannel.com, one of the most bizarre cases ever investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren occurred in Essex, England. A seemingly ordinary carpenter named William Ramsey claimed to be possessed by a demon that compelled him to take the form of a werewolf. Ramsey had experienced his first transformation at the age of nine. As he described it, he was playing outside when he felt an icy cold breeze, followed by an awful smell before he flew into a rage, uprooting a fence post, while the fe- with the fence still attached and gnawing at the wire mesh. Ramsey would not experience another episode like this until adulthood. Bill would would fly into violent fits of rage, during which he would display inhuman strength, baring his teeth and growling while curling his hands like claws. The Warrens caught wind of this in 1989, and they convinced Bill Ramsey to come to their church in Connecticut to undergo an exorcism with their specialist, Bishop Robert McKenna. Now, I thought this was interesting. Uh, in this is we've we've seen we've talked about on this show the Warrens talking about their connection with the Catholic Church, uh, which to me has I you know I grew up Catholic, to me has all sound made up. <laughs> yes, this is the first naming of a bishop I've seen. Um, yeah, they don't name drop the bishop a lot. Right, they keep that close to the vest. So I've looked up Robert McKenna. Uh, I, I have here uh, from his Wikipedia, sorry, Dusty Tome I've got off the shelf. Uh, Robert Fidelis McKenna, uh, he died uh, December 16th, 2015, was an archbishop, uh, in a, was an American semi deprived semi-sedeprivationalist. 
Seven. <laughs> cannot pronounce this word for the life of me. Basically, it's a bishop. It, my, if I'm understanding correctly, someone feel free to correct me on the internet. It seems to be a bishop who isn't into the Pope. Like it, in huh. the Catholic Church, a Catholic bishop who's like, I don't buy the Pope. So, so not it's a ro- like a rogue bishop? That is, that's kind of what I'm gathering. Um, is this guy even in the church? Is this even a real bishop in the Catholic Church? Or is this just a guy? Because you can just be a bishop, right? I guess that's just- true. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you the Wikipedia article through okay. so you can see this for yourself. Um so he was ordained a Catholic priest for the Dominican order in 1958. Mm. So at least he was, um, he was, he, he served in Monroe, Connecticut, uh, at our lady of rosary. He only resigned for, uh, health reasons. Uh, he resided in Michigan until his death. Mm. Um, I'm looking up, uh, S E D E P R I V A. T-I-O-N-I-S-M. Cedaprivationism. Uh, a doctrinal position within the traditionalist Catholicism, uh, which holds that the current occupant of the Holy See is a duly elected pope, but lacks the authority and ability to teach or govern unless he recants the changes brought by the Second Vatican Council. The doctrine asserts... Oh, yeah. Does that make more sense to you than it does to me? Um... Yeah, kind oh, of, I got mean, it. sort of. So the 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 second Vatican. We should like do a whole episode on the Second Vatican Council. Sure. So my understanding here is basically there are certain. It's not the Pope as a position. It's basically like certain popes are not technically the Pope. They haven't fulfilled the requirements to be the Pope. I think it's every pope after the Second Vatican Council. The the office is no longer valid because they introduced changes to the church that they they don't recognize. So everybody post Second Vatican Council not a real pope. Every got pope it. before Second Vatican now that's a, now that's a now, pope. now that's a pope. Now you got yourself a pope. We now got another T shirt, man. Now that's a pope. Now that's a pope. <laughs> now that's what I call music, but old popes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Older popes. Best of the popes. Top of the popes. <laughs> um, I have here his uh, his exorcist uh, section of his Wikipedia, uh, uh, Dusty Tome. Uh, McKenna participated in a number of exorcisms and worked for many years with demonologist David Considine and Rama Kumar Swami, MD. Some of his cases were also investigated by psychic researchers such as the Warrens. He attempted exorcisms and in the Smurl haunting case uh which uh case was described in various books and in the fox tv movie the haunted one notable incident is the maurice thirault case uh where although mckenna felt uh, that he was successful in removing the demons from maurice but never took into account maurice's severe health issues later on maurice went on to kill herself um not great not great not great uh, that's what you get for cold reading. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> um, so okay, okay. Uh, this is an interesting quote from Robert McKenna uh, about the Catholic Church. The official establishment establishment does not believe in the devil, but the devil believes in them. They do not believe, and when they do. They don't want to get involved, which has been, I don't which has been my experience. I, like I grew up Catholic, the, like the devil didn't come up that much. He was more of a, a metaphorical that, figure. Yeah, for sure. I feel like modern Catholicism is a little more warm and fuzzy, but don't they still officially believe in the devil? I, I you know, I, I think, I think that I, in, like maybe on paper officially, but I think what McKenna was mm. saying was like, they don't, they don't actually like, they maybe they even say they do, but they, they don't, they, they don't. right. Which, yeah. you know, is how I grew up and like, didn't like, sure. I was never raised to take that part of it seriously. Yeah. It's a med- it's a metaphor. Right. That was certainly kind Hell of what I was, was when you're mean to your mom and dad. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> it was like, I remember even being taught like, as a, it, like I went to Catholic school, um, that like hell, like I remember my fifth grade teacher me even telling us like, hell's not a literal place. Like that's not a thing. I remember my, uh, 
my mom tells the story of this like bishop they really liked in in their town because they were like Irish Catholic also. And he was like, I think he told them, he's like, yeah, no, your your dog has a soul. It's fine. <laughs> like he's got, he does. We're not supposed to say it. He does. It's okay. <laughs> um, I remember uh, I'm in Catholic school and there was a night where um, basically my class was brought into the church basement and uh, our, our, the, the, our local priest was like the... Um, What's the word? I don't I don't remember what the word for like head of the parish was. Um but he would basically answer any questions we had. Just literally hit me with them. And like mm-hmm. one kid got real nitty-gritty about like, well, like how did Adam and Eve like make more people for that to be the and like so like the leader of like our church community, which is like it's a story, kid. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's not literal. <laughs> Um, I feel like I've literally seen you uh, backed into that scenario in like a D&D game. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not, we are playing pretend. This is not, I don't know. I don't know what's no. on page 33 what's, of the tone. Yeah. It's, I didn't what's these books? That. I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, not, nothing. They're blank. They're all blank inside. <laughs> nothing. I just want you to fight the goblins. There's no lore about yeah. the goblins. Fight the goblins. The goblins. Not, I'll give you a hint. They're in the next room. Go over there. <laughs> Time to move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're running out. Of, I got to look. I got Bachelor at eight. We got to really wrap this thing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Eric, any other... Uh, we're, we're, we're about out of time. Any other thoughts on uh, the Michigan Dogman or werewolves oh, or Catholicism? Man, oh, man. I we think should... as ever, we've only barely scratched the surface. I know. You know? It's, but that's all. That's all. Hey, th- and thank God, because I don't know anything past the surface. I feel like we're writing a thousand page tome, one little scattered paragraph at a time. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll get there, bud. We'll get. Yeah, we'll, th- we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do that. That's we'll do, we'll do whatever that is. We'll do it. This has been Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. Uh, we release every Wednesday. We have a uh, Twitter. It's at Brian and Eric Pod. Uh, we have a blog, Brian and Eric Show. I have another podcast. It's called The Talon Mix. It's about Smallville. It releases on Fridays. Go check that out. You don't even have to like Smallville that much. It's just a fun podcast. Uh, Eric, any thoughts? No, any? I, think we, I think we knocked it out of the park. I think we did it again. Good night, everybody. Good night again.